Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 2010's Killers, directed by Robert Lukedic, who is also the director of previous episode, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton, <laughs> Legally Blonde, Monster-in-Law, 21, The Ugly Truth. <laughs> so... I mean, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of movies that kind of fit into our wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only one there that I like is Legally Blonde. Although I've I haven't seen The Ugly Truth, which Legally I feel like Blonde is yeah. Legally Blonde is too good for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not ne- we're never gonna do Legally yeah. Blonde on this podcast. Maybe Legally Blonde too. I don't know. Um, but oh, yeah, it's been a hot minute since I saw that one. I haven't seen The Ugly Truth either. Yeah, I mean, I figured that it was one of those things that we do for the podcast. Like, I assume that I'm not going to like it, but, you know. Same. Um, <laughs> like, I assume that even if I enjoy it, it will still be bad enough that we can dissect it here. Yeah. So. Uh, the screenplay of this film was written by Bob DeRosa and Ted Griffin. So, two um, men, so cool, 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 cool. Both of their names sound like my grandma's friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, and this, uh, the mo- the more notable one, Ted Griffin, co-created one of my favorite shows, Terriers, which is definitely not the guy that you want to create <laughs> a romance show because Terriers is not romantic. It's a... It's like a detective, hard-boiled show that deserved more seasons. Uh, that does make sense with the weird tone of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, the tone is very... Con- the tone is having an identity crisis in this movie. It's like, what are we doing? Are we a romantic comedy? Or are we an action film? Or, yeah. Oh, my God. This guy, uh, Ted Griffin, wrote Rumor Has It, which is definitely something that movie we're gonna do on this show sometime oh yeah i, I feel can't. like have we gotten a request for that or did i just make that up no we head? have not gotten a request and for surprisingly that surprisingly so surprisingly he also wrote one of the one of the few female directed horror films that gets a lot of respect called ravenous so and i have not seen that either man either. i got i got some stuff to do yeah we got some homework we got some m- movie homework but uh killers we got of course it was produced by ashton kutcher and other people but Ashton Kutcher having a producer credit, I think, is really important here because you can tell that this is like a, I'm sexy, I'm going to show the cinemas that oh, I'm yeah. sexy. No, this is like Ashton Kutcher trying to be some sort of like romantic comedy James Bond. Like, that is very much the vibe. Yeah, well, he's introduced speak shirtless, speaking French. Yeah, <laughs> which, I mean... It was so I much kinda, at I wish, once. I wish that he was shirtless <laughs> speaking French the whole movie. Like, that would have made just as much sense as the actual movie, and it would have been just insane enough that I would have been on board, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It was just him. See, I was like, it's for like real? an elevator door opens and there he is shirtless speaking French because that's, you know, how we all wait for the elevator at a hotel. Yeah, of course. Um, he <laughs> I'm trying to think uh, like Ashton Kutcher. I mean, everyone knows who Ashton Kutcher yeah, is. I don't, he I mean, was with he was with Demi Moore. He cheated on her. And then he somehow managed to date Mila Kunis, the actress that he has known since she was 13 years old and he was 
older than that, by the way. Oh, that does make it creepy. Well, Mila Kunis, when she she was when she was on um, uh, that '70s show, she lied about her age, so she was actually the only one that was like close to teenage age when the show started. So when the show started, she was thirteen. Oh my gosh, I never knew that tidbit. And yeah, I watch that show. <laughs> yeah, and so she grew up around Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> wow, and he was like maybe four or five years older. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's. <laughs> That that is creepy, but it's less. I mean, it's, it's like at least know, they like married people, when they were people adults. Marry people that are five years older than them that they knew when they were younger. Um, yeah, but it's it's creepy when you just think about her meeting him at thirteen. Yes, he is exactly five years older than her. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was he was eighteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess she was she was dating Macaulay Culkin for a really long time and then she, broke up with Macaulay Culkin in order to date she, she stormed out of one of Macaulay Culkin's DJ sets <laughs> and immediately went into Ashton Kutcher's arms as he stood on a hoverboard. She was engaged to Macaulay Culkin. I thought that they were going to get married. I was kind of shocked when she just... Like, I have nothing against Macaulay Culkin. I feel a lot of empathy for him. <laughs> And his journey, I really do. I, I know, I do. But, yeah, me but too. I, but also, and I don't know, I obviously don't know Mila Kunis as a person. I'm not, you know, we're not texting each other. I mean, I'm hoping she'll text me back. But <laughs> um, but I think um, I'm still like, what you could do better. No, I mean, yeah, it was funny. Uh, if you... Like, Ashton's a babe and like like... But yeah, no, she could she do better than Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, no, she seems like she she seems really smart. I just get that vibe from her. And it's not that I think Ashton Kutcher's not smart. I know that he does some really cool stuff off screen. But um, I think that the choices he makes aren't very smart or fascinating to me on screen. Like the fact. Uh, that yeah, <laughs> he's it's, it's very bro. It's, it's very interesting because uh, if you uh what is it? Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall during that time when Russell Brand was really big, he did a comedy special where he was talking about how he was on this movie and he really wanted to hit on Mila Kunis. So he goes to like get to know her. And then she was just like, you need to meet my boyfriend, Mac. You got to meet my boyfriend, Mac. And then like, so she finally meets her boyfriend, Mac. And he was just like, and it was Macaulay Culkin, like he just. <laughs> I love. I love imagining her calling him Mac. Or, or also just like, like intro, like introducing him as if everyone doesn't know who he is. You know, it like was. I get wanting to refer to your boyfriend by a nickname and not wanting to make up, like, gas up the fact that he's also famous. But that's so funny. That's Mac. so weird, Mac. And then, she, and then he meets. It's just like, and he just like loses his shit. By Mac, you meant Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, like, he's what? Like, way to bury the lead. Like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> I do love the idea that, like, <laughs> that, that Russell Brand would freak the fuck out meeting Macaulay Culkin. I, I, would, I would love to see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ashton Kutcher is an interesting person because I want to like him. I, I truly do. Uh, but his continued association with. We're just going to be mentioning him on every episode now. Danny Masterson is really weird. You know, they have a show together on Netflix. I think they Netflix was finally strong armed into firing Danny Masterson, but they have a show together like their butt. <laughs> it was called The Ranch. I've never watched How it. How have I not heard of this? Because it's uh, because it, nobody has because unless they're like closely, closely 
keeping up on the Ashton updates. Like the the stuff on the okay, this show, The Ranch, this this cast, um, it has it has Deborah Winger, <laughs> Deborah fucking That's, Winger. Wow, okay. Deborah Winger who barely acts anymore showed up for The Ranch. It's got Sam Elliott. <laughs> What? Yes. Yes. This How? Is, I don't. It's so. I man. And like. It's just like a collection of unlikely animal friends. Like what's going on? And then we've got Alicia Cuthbert from like 24 and the girl next door. And like. Yeah. And like that that House of Wax movie where, where Paris Hilton gets that 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 pole through her head. <laughs> Have you seen oh, House yeah. of Wax? I haven't seen that, but I watched that documentary American meme that's primarily about uh, Paris Hilton. Yeah, <laughs> and she talked about it. Yeah, no, that pole. Like back How in the traumatic, t- all of the marketing for that was. She's like, I did not know the marketing was going to be me dying. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, the marketing is that pole like, going through like, her that head. Is so terrifying to imagine being in a project and not knowing that they're going to be like, Hey, everyone, want to see Broadway die? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's. It's wild because like, like I know people watched it because they wanted to see her die, and her character is also like written in a really annoying way. Like she has like a black boyfriend, and she's like very like about it. Like, oh, no. uh. like, like she's kind of like doing weird racist, yeah, like, trying to talk like she's black or something, or what she thinks that is. Yeah, it's just like oh, me and like my chocolate man. Like it's a oh, weird gross. thing where it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of think <laughs> like they set it up so that you want her character to die like and so then and then care. she gets like one of the worst di- like just like a pull straight through the cranium like it's I felt, like wild watching documentary about her i've never had any ill will towards her and i felt really bad for her i mean obviously she's doing fine like i'm not you know <laughs> it felt like her it, it, it made but me she feel was just like yeah people hate me for like, I don't know why. Like, people just hate me a lot. I mean, like, there are a like, lot. There's so many rich people that are, act, like, actively bad people. Yeah, we got Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I think, like, she, it seems like she got kind of, like, pulled into a world that she wasn't really ready for. And she just kind of, she seemed like she was just young. She just wanted to fit in. She just yeah. wanted to be cool. Like she had she, this whole, like, nearly nude photo shoot when she was 15 that this guy she met at a party took and then it you know i would say it went viral but it was in print at that point and yeah. then from there she was just known as like a party girl and then she figured out how to leverage that into opportunities and i mean again like obviously i'm not like paris hilton is you know she's it doesn't seem like she's actively using her wealth to help people in actual like <laughs> in ways beyond the the typical like here's some charity um but it's weird how much hatred people have and they don't really have any, they're not like, Oh, Paris Hilton, this one thing. They're just like, Oh fuck her. She's stupid. Yeah. Like a lot of it's just like the idea that she's stupid and stupid and rich and blonde. And like, like there are a lot of rich people, man. Like she, I mean, like I don't like her politics, but like, I also never expected her to have good politics. She wasn't raised in a household with good politics. She probably wouldn't know good politics if they like, 
tapped her on the shoulder like it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not exactly. Be mad like, about again, it. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want our listeners to be like, "Wow, Bronwyn is defending." Oh, really? No, no, like, I but, feel the same I, way. But the, yeah, but I think it's just like the hatred towards her is so overt. It's very much. It does feel like a lot of it is fueled by this like kind of sexual anger, like a, a certain yeah. kind of misogyny when there's yeah. like a woman who's been sexual in the public eye and is considered attractive by a lot of people and then they like people hate them (laughs) yeah yeah i do i feel i feel like it's i feel like it's that and i don't even really know how we got on this but this is a way more interesting conversation than actually talking about i know i feel like you and i have just found other interesting things to talk about because there's not much to say about this movie yeah there really there really isn't i mean like once again, like I guess I'm 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 part of the Catherine Heigl hive because I think that she's oh, great same. in this movie. She's, she's great. fantastic. She's so like she is. I really like I. It would be a dream to interview her because she just like she plays all of her roles and she is her role. She is a good actress, but also she has a certain amount of just natural human charm and charisma that comes through that makes me think that she must actually be a really delightful person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've never heard anything, you know, negative about her. There's never been I don't know if that's I mean there was the whole thing where uh she got she got fired from well, she I think she got annoyed with the storylines that she was getting on Grey's Anatomy, so Shonda killed her off in a very like extra way. But I also just like it's it's really annoying that she has gotten this whole um reputation for being difficult for simply wanting better material now there's also the question of the fact that she's in a lot of bad movies so i think that it makes a lot of people think that okay she's complaining about the material that she gets but she's always in these bad movies so that must mean that like she's like not smart yeah i think it's like the self-perpetuating thing where she's taking work um like anyone would right and she's putting herself into it but she knows that it's not a good movie and so then she wants better roles but then because of the way the kind of entertainment machine works um you know maybe it's the casting directors maybe you know i'm not sure who is the main person who keeps pigeonholing her but they're just like ah you know if we want a, an Oscar actress, we'll go for someone who's already in those movies. And the thing about it is, is that lately, and I, it's not just because they look similar, but that's part of it, where I feel like I'll watch a Charlize Theron film and I'll feel like Catherine Heigl could do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's also, it's interesting, and I mean, this just really applies to all areas of entertainment, you know, comedy and acting and all of it. Um, when comedy has a darling, they will put them in everything. Like, they will put them in multiple movies a year, right? Yeah. And that's great for that person. But sometimes I'm like, man, couldn't they spread it out a tiny bit? Like, like Yeah. Could they give this person one less movie and give that to another one who's been hustling for a long time? Yeah. You know, um, I, when I see, I keep on seeing all of the, all of this um, advertising for Longshot and, like, that's fine. But, like, all in Longshot, I just keep on thinking, what if Seth Rogen hadn't talked shit about Catherine Heigl after Knocked Up? Catherine Heigl could so easily have started in long shot. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, and al- also like the interviews that I read with her after Seth Rogen talked shit. Like, I was fully on her side. Yeah, <laughs> like and, she was right. And it's wild to me because I feel like, and maybe this is just the circles I run in. A lot of people, it's not like people hate Seth Rogen, but people like kind of know that he his thing is that he's like a broy comedy guy. Yeah, um, you know, both in his content and. Yeah, that's just kind of his thing. So it's weird that people 
joke about Seth Rogen, but then when he says something shitty about this female actress, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, you know, I guess we'll just take Seth Rogen's word for it. I'm like, what are we, what? <laughs> can we pick a, a t- can we pick what we're doing with how we regard him and how we regard her? Well, like, I feel like people really see him as, like, a thinker. Like, a real, like, like a, people have decided lately that Seth Rogen is really, really intelligent. And really, really, like, when he says something, like, wow, this is such a smart guy. And it's also just been a lot of rebranding where apparently everyone decided, no, we've been really unfair to Seth Rogen and he's more than just a goofball. And it's like, no, really, no one was unfair to Seth Rogen. Nobody had anything mean to say about Seth Rogen. So this continuous, like, re-examining of his character is like, of course, like, most of... The thing about it is is that most dudes in comedy, especially the goofball ones, are usually, you know, at least book smart. So it's not, like, surprising. You can't be that good at comedy consistently without being smart i will say that you know yeah there's uh, i mean you know there's a lot of places we could go with talking about what's funny and whatnot but like i mean i think with seth rogan and jonah hill there's been a rebranding um yeah for both of them i mean you know obviously with mania um and uh i what was i gonna say yeah i agree (laughs) oh i agree with you i agree with you i don't think that people were ever hard on Seth Rogen. I think he was a comedy actor and people responded to that with jokes and, you know, liking it or not liking it. Um, And it's kind of exhausting uh, to see the treatment that these male actors get when they decide to rebrand and then they get to say something about a female actress and she's just... She's like stuck in the yeah. Because the thing about Catherine Heigl it's just is such that an obvious double standards. It's exhausting. Yeah, I. It seems like Catherine Heigl is on Suits now. So good for her. I'm glad that she is on a show. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, but I don't really. The the narrative around Catherine Heigl has kind of been because I used to be obsessed with Seth Rogen. I was like, oh my god! Like when he got when he got married, like I was devastated. Like, really? Yes. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> That's really cute. Um, That's funny. So it was just like a whole thing. But like lately, now that I've grown up, I have been thinking <laughs> so much about how Seth Rogen like owes Catherine Heigl an apology. Yeah, absolutely. And I really hope that he gives it to her someday because I keep, oh, and just like, I think watch the trailers of Longshot have made me even angrier about this well, because, because Charlize Theron is just doing Catherine Heigl. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She's just doing I love, Catherine Heigl. I love Charlize, but it, it goes back to the thing where it's like, <laughs> she's fine if she has one less movie. <laughs> like, like if anything, she's too busy, you know? Yeah. Like, 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 like she's. Nobody is going to doubt that Charlize is killing it as an incredible actress and has been like, you know, she's one of the few that has broken through and um, fought her way to get the role she wants. And that's awesome. But yeah, it, it just sucks. I mean, I guess also Catherine Heigl Catherine... deserves more than the nut job and the nut job, too. Absolutely. And and like, I think one of the reasons I'm so angry about the fact that Seth Rogen could say something about her, and then she's actually sidelined by this reputation that persists. Is and that also Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes also contributed to this, which made me really angry with her. Yeah, yeah. Is is that it? It's like we have all these predators, and they are facing less consequences in their career than a woman who was called difficult. That's really pisses me off. 
So yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I mean, that's that's our long way of saying that we are Catherine Heigl Hive, and we obviously are going to do other movies of hers because she was in a lot of bad movies in the late two the late two thousand. 2000s and the early 2010s and that's just a fact but that doesn't mean that she's not great and she's great in this movie she's actually better than ashton kutcher in this movie oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah she has more uh just expression and nuance and um yeah i mean the script doesn't give you a lot the script is really mean to her this idea that she like got okay she got dumped by so a nerd she got dumped by a nerd but she got dumped by a nerd because she didn't want to go like bungee jumping or something i'm trying to understand what nerd would want that like i can barely get kyle to go to the beach yeah i thought that was funny too because <laughs> like, the, the whole thing what? was supposed to be like ashton kutcher's the first like you know, quote unquote hot guy she's been with who's very like, you know, even though he's even though he's got like this like bowl cut that completely undercuts everything (laughs) that's supposed to be attractive. Like like I know that it's supposed to be kind of like this, like a like taking back Sunday kind of like pop punk look that was like I like to call it man bangs. But he just it's a bowl. It's a bowl on his head. It is. Yeah, it is. I, I thought that the bungee jumping thing was funny as well, because I was like, okay, so. The, I mean, they're not going in depth on her ex-boyfriend, but they're claiming, you know, he was a nerd. And, and you know, I'm, I'm figuring very basic, uh, oh, he likes Star Wars. You know, like that that's very much what the movie was like. He is a nerd in this very basic way that most people are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also he's mad at her for not going bungee jumping. <laughs> for bungee jumping. Like he, uh, like the idea, okay, the idea that a nerdy man would be annoyed with a woman for being too like consistent and consistent and safe. And like the idea, like he's not like a daredevil. Like he's not just like, he's not like cliff jumping. He's not like the guy who's like into this. This isn't the free solo guy. Like a a nerd who's like into doing magic tricks or like something that's kind of daredevil. And the idea, like, and the thing about it is that Catherine Heigl is the exact kind of woman a nerd would want. She's steady. She is like reliable. She's loyal and she has other shit going on. And she'd probably, you know, teach a nerd man to, I don't know, wash his pants and shit. Cause they seem to have a lot of trouble with that. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> wow, I love you. Like, it's just like, like, like nerd man, nerd men mostly just like, like the worst kind, which I guess this guy who dumped her is the worst kind, then he would probably want like a mom. And like she has that energy. So oh, I don't sure. understand. That, yeah. Like, especially in this movie, she's very like, I, you know, I like routine. I like my community. I, you know, I don't want to do things crazy. I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. So it is funny that it's supposed to be like, you know, her ex was a capital N nerd and it's like so annoying it's just like on this plane so she was supposed to go on vacation with um with like her man but then like he dumped her so she's going on vacation with her parents and her parents are (laughs) her parents are Tom Selleck and um Catherine O'Hara Catherine incredible which is just incredible like that honestly saved the whole movie for me I was like Tom Selleck and Catherine O'Hara together like um, Honestly, there's not enough of them. No, I wish it was just them. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara's character is so funny. I mean, they're both they both do great in this 
treacherous movie. Yeah, they, yeah, Tom Selleck, man, he's really, that's a man. Like, he's probably like a conservative, and I don't want to read like anything about like. an interview with him because he'll say something about like how rape doesn't exist. No, yeah, exactly. No, he would talk. Black on black crime or something. Oh, yeah. Get the crime in your own community. All lives matter. He'll bring up Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) He'll call it Chirac. He is hot, though. (laughs) He is so hot. (laughs) Like, he is like, I'm like, pour me some scotch. (laughs) I, oh, yeah. Tom Selleck. I almost, I want, I want to like pull like some black women. Like, does this really, does he really reach across the aisle in this way? I feel like he does. He's really fine. Like, he's really tall and he's really fine. Oh, yeah. You want to make sure that you're not like exceptionalizing him. I want to like, I want to like touch his chest, which I know is hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. I will never forget him in those Magnum P.I. shorts. Those were, you know, a lot of men like straight men or men who are into women talk about like their formative puberty moments, like whatever. Tom Selleck's butt was one of mine. (laughs) Good (laughs) Lord. Just his legs and his butt. I mean, God bless America (laughs) in that one instance. (laughs) American butt. That's the only thing in America that I can back. American <laughs> butt. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're like Catherine O'Hara and Tom Selleck. Like, you know, in this movie that they fuck. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, they, they fuck. Are, like, they're like an older couple like that, like, has stayed together. And they're they they don't really quite even seem like they have much in common. But you know that they fuck and they love their daughter. And that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the movie basically starts with them taking um, Catherine Heigl on vacation with them because she's just been dumped. And so they go on family vacation every year. Um, They're going to Nice, France. She's sad, um, but her mom's making it worse by being, you know, just very mom about it, like loudly talking about her breakup in the hotel lobby and like, oh, no, honey. Um, And then Ashton Kutcher is there at the same hotel. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I mean the name of this is the killers. Ashton Kutcher is a hitman. Um, he got roped into it when he was, I guess, college age because his parents had died, and they look for people that aren't connected. You know, they don't have family. Um, and so he meets Catherine Heigl. He of course doesn't tell her that he's a hitman. Um, they fall in love. So yeah. He wants to quit being a hitman, but you know, it's just like the mafia. You can't just get out. So. Basically, um, he just tries to go hide away with her. Like, that's his plan is like, okay, well, I'll just go like settle in the suburbs in the U.S. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, because like he he thought that that would work. Well, okay, so he tries to admit to her that what his job is, but she's asleep. And then he just decides, well, I guess I'm not going to tell her. Yeah. Like, yeah, they have this uh, this very transparent conversation because at first she lies to him and pretends she's not there with her parents. Um, and then she ends up telling him the truth, like, after they have this whirlwind date. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never told anyone this. And then, of course, she has, like, fallen asleep. Like, he turns around. He's, like, standing up. He turns around and she's asleep. And then, yeah, like you said, he just decides, oh, well, I guess I'll just never tell her the truth. Okay, so how do you feel about... Ashton Kutcher's romantic performance in this film. Mm, I didn't feel chemistry. Like there was definitely a sexual thing there, but like I didn't feel a romantic chemistry. He, I don't know if it was just his acting wasn't good. If it was a combination of the acting and the, um, the the script itself, but I wasn't really feeling it. I felt 
I mean, there is that aspect of the audience has knowledge that one of the characters doesn't, right? So I know that he's hiding something. So that affects how I, I, I see it. Uh, but I just it really I felt seems like, like he, he just seemed so flat, and it felt very and but and, and, and because he's sold as like this like muscly, you know, this is the hot guy. That's His like, muscles are like average. Like like. <laughs> <laughs> wow I mean I don't, I don't know I don't see that I don't see those very often so oh you don't see muscles very often I mean I don't know I've I've been hey, where, with where would I oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no like uh I mean I've been with people with muscles before but um wow this really (laughs) whoa you just uh, roasted (laughs) what i just i I don't know (laughs) what oh nothing um (laughs) i mean i mean like i'm i'm not dating a jock this was not a roast about aj it's more just like i'm not going to the beach and looking at guys with muscles oh okay yeah that's what i meant i wasn't like trying to like downplay like (laughs) is that what you thought i was doing yeah No, no. No, I mean, wow. I've, I've been with a lot of guys with muscles. I mean, and, like, Ashton Kutcher's muscles, like, that's, like, that's, like, skinny muscle. That's, like, navy boy muscle. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I feel weird critiquing his body. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because, he, like, that is, like, that's a hard body to get, you know? I guess. Is it? I, yeah. mean, I mean, I feel like it's on par with a lot of the female bodies we see mm. that are hard to get. Mm. Wow. Mm. You are, like... <laughs> I love how you're you're out here just like nope. <laughs> I mean, he just seems like really skinny. Like I want to know. Like I guess he has like no body fat, and that's like whatever. But like I don't know. I kind of think he would look better if he had some. He just looked like a little boy to me. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I I think he would look better with just you know a little thick. Yeah, he just needed some. He's just so small. Like he just like I can't get over him. Like he just still seems like Kelso. He just, yeah, he feels like a, a a guy who skateboards without a shirt on. Yeah, like that he has like uh is lucky enough to have like quote good jeans. You know, like he doesn't right have to try very hard. right yeah because like I feel like I guess I just his body isn't that different than it was on that '70s show for me. Um, like he his arms are more toned definitely, and he's got like a little pack. I don't know. Like I guess. It's just, I mean, my general bias is that I'm not really into skinny men. So, like, that has a lot to do with how I react. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm not normally into muscle either. So, Uh, so yeah. So, we're both just kind of not. Yeah. No, he didn't didn't do anything for me. I was actually just, like, waiting for Tom Selleck to come on screen so that I could feel something. Like, some kind of sexual energy. Well, that was the thing is, like, I felt, I I guess, our whole, like, thing about his body, which... (laughs) (laughs) somebody's gonna get in their feelings about that somebody's gonna get mad well i mean the thing about it is is that like men do this about like women on podcasts before like can we just do it once yeah that's true that's true we're probably gonna do it more than once no i mean we've done this a lot we've talked about men's bodies a lot on this podcast (laughs) but usually it's in the context of like them being really shitty people yeah we're just like well fuck him he doesn't get to be with her right (laughs) um no no i mean i i guess with him it was like it felt so much like the movie, his selling point was supposed to be that he was hot. And like, there wasn't much more like in his interactions with Catherine Heigl. And he, to me, he felt like just like his character felt like a guy who knows like, Oh yes, I'm handsome. And I'm going to, and she's going to like blush and I'm going to like buy her champagne and she'll like blush and it'll be awesome. But like, I expected him to be a psychopath. Like, (laughs) 
Like if 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 I didn't already know that he was a hitman, I would have assumed that he was going to be like abusive or like cheat on her or something. Like I just didn't believe his love. It just yeah, felt like an act. It's very weird cuz he like I mean also the way that time moves in this movie is really strange because like um like it was like all of a sudden it was just like oh they're in love and then all of a sudden he's like telling Tom Selleck that they're gonna get married and then they're married for like three years before the plot like really kicks in but in terms of like their courtship and the moment between they meet and they're together in Nice and then they get married like I don't know how long what the time frame is between them meeting and getting married yeah it says like all I know is that when it fast forwards like they're basically it's like their niece and then there's like a scene where he's asking her dad if he can marry her um and then and then it just kind of jumps time and it's like they've been married three years so it doesn't really tell us how long they've gotten to know each other and it doesn't it's weird because it feels like this movie spends a lot of time of just them being happy before the action really happens yeah which is which makes it all the more jarring when the action does happen because then they like really fall apart really quickly yeah and and it's funny because like for a movie that spends that much time showing them being happy it still doesn't feel i feel like it would have been better used if it really showed how they bonded and not just them having one romantic night in Nice. Yeah, because I mean, I want to know what they have in common. Because the way that he ta- he talks about her very passionately to Tom Selleck, at least he attempts to. Oh yeah, that that scene like was so corny, but it is like the one time where you're like, okay, his character is into her, and I like I like the fact that his character kind of flipped the script because Tom Selleck was doing the very classic like protecting my daughter. What will you? How will you protect my prize? My object. <laughs> and and Ashton was like, hey, you know, she's awesome and smart and she's not fragile and she supports me. I mean, the writing was like supremely corny, but it was like one of the few snapshots where you're like, OK, this is what he sees in her. OK. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she is like, I understand what he sees in her. I just don't understand what she sees in him. It just kind of seems like. He was the first guy to not be total shit. And she was like, I got to hold on to this one. Same. That's 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 what I got from it was like he's actually really into her and emotionally available, even though he doesn't seem to have that much range. (laughs) 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 Well, and uh, and she's just like, oh, hell yeah. And she's got like this mom. Like, I love Catherine O'Hara, but Catherine O'Hara's character is, like, very much a kind of narcissistic, manipulative mom, you know, who's, like, you know, you'll look skinnier at the beach if you're sick, or, like, oh, he's, you know, handsome, like, just, like, that type, Mm -hmm. so it also, and she's very close to her parents, and they seem kind of controlling, so it also feels like she's just, like, oh, I found a nice guy, I'm gonna be with him, and my parents will leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's like very close to her parents which like i know that that's supposed to be like annoying like like you find out when when uh when the plot kicks in and everybody starts to kill them that like trying to kill them that like ashton kutcher like secretly like hates her relationship with their parents it's just like oh your dad and like we've never been like five minutes away from he gets so angry and i'm just like okay like number one you've been hiding this for all this time i don't trust you but number two i would love (laughs) like that that relationship that she has with her parents is actually really nice (laughs) it's really comforting and especially i thought it was weird because he doesn't have parents they died so in in many ways i feel like it would be healing for him to have 
this access to family that he didn't have. Well, yeah, and I feel like Um, that's all really curdled by this whole, like, weird masculine, like, she's mine, no, she's mine thing between him and Tom Selleck. Oh, yeah, I mean, it kind of, like, it actually makes me think a little bit of Wuthering Heights in in the sense of... Maybe I just wanted an excuse to bring it back up. Oh uh, man, I mean, what a, but I mean, like the, the brother and Heath, you know, in Wuthering Heights, it feels almost like that with uh, Tom Selleck and Ashton Kutcher. It's like just such a patriarchal, like who gets the girl? Like she's mine, I raised her, or like she's mine, she's my wife, and I love her. And it's like she's neither of yours. She's a person. <laughs> like she is, she is a human being. She's a human being, and she's obviously pretty devoted to both of you. So you can chill out. Like, yeah. No, I mean, like, I love ruin it by being so possessive. My favorite part of the movie is the end where she's just like, Lem- I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. Like she's just telling everybody off. Like that. That part's fucking great. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, yes. My favorite. Some of my favorite scenes in movies are when female characters who have previously been maybe, maybe a little bit of a pushover. Or in that neighborhood of behavior, just snap. That's my favorite. When they snap and they're just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm like, yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's yes. It's great. Fantastic. I mean, this movie, you know, this movie is like really stupid. Like, it's, uh, as you can <laughs> gather, I'm sure because we're because we're not really talking about the specific. About <laughs> because, like, it's just so boring. Like it's, what? Like we would just bore you. Uh, yeah. Well, because it's like it's very much like y- this is the kind of movie that men make when they want the male star to look really cool and they want the female star to not look cool. And it's very clear. And it's gotten to the point where I know this plot so well that I just automatically think the opposite. I'm automatically on the side of the woman because I know that she's supposed to be the not fun one and that the movie is really trying to because like basically you find out that there are a bunch of people there's like a bounty on Ashton Kutcher's head and all of their like neighbors and friends suddenly want to kill them Casey Wilson is here doing her Casey Wilson thing and she wants to kill him the only friend that doesn't want to kill them is like Latoya Luckett who if you don't know who Latoya Luckett is she was part of one of the original lineups of Destiny's Child and for some reason she is in the only black person in this movie and she's also the only character I think who knows the couple that does not have it's not actually killing them. <laughs> <laughs> or, or trying to kill them. I hope Latoya Luckett is having a great day. What a you know what a lovely Me person. Too. She looks beautiful uh, in the she movie. Does. She's she, great. She, she deserves the best. <laughs> she. It's so interesting that she's the only one. Like all these white people are trying, and Latoya is just like all nah. these white people are so messy, <laughs> and it does feel accurate because it's also very like suburban middle class like. You know, we call the cops. Alex Borstein has a machine gun at one point. (laughs) Yeah, it's very. So, I mean, um, I love Alex Borstein. Oh, yeah. No, she's 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 a cutie. But yeah, it's it's a you know, I mean, like basically, eventually, uh, Catherine Heigl finds out that he's a hitman because uh, his old because somebody tries to kill him because, you know, he's been getting spied on this whole time. And then da, 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 we find out that all this time, Catherine Heigl and Catherine O'Hara thought that Tom Selleck was a pilot, but he was also he's like a spy. He's a spy. And like he didn't trust Ashton Kutcher. So he like planted a bunch of 
killers into like he their life. The <laughs> so instead of telling his daughter or like actually intervening, he decided to just plan a bunch of people that would kill his daughter's husband. I'm like, how is that protecting her? Uh, yeah, no, that I don't. So much worse. I don't understand. I don't understand the plot. But yeah, as soon as that like whole thing kicks in, it's this weird thing where it's like 20 minutes of people in SUVs, and it's also just like all of a sudden, um, Ashton Kutcher goes from being like a very like docile like yes dear guy to all of a sudden just like just giving Catherine Heigl a lot of commands did you notice that he was just oh, like yeah. he was just like sit down he He's says like, I'm a dom now he like, says he says get in the truck multiple times he says spread your legs and then he like pulls guns that are like hidden yeah, in the seat like, between and, her and legs very, and it's very much like this is this <laughs> happens in action movies so much where the guy's like, you don't understand, you know, like because he's the spy or he's the hitman or even he's the in one. Like, even and then the woman that he's with, like who didn't know previously or who knew his work but is caught in it, is supposed to just be like, okay. And it's annoying. And this tired. is like a big, like, like they do this in the original Terminator movie where it's like Kyle Reese shows up and he's just like, listen, you gotta do this, 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 then this. And then Sarah Connor's just like, wait, what? Wait, what, 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 what? What are you what? talking about? What, what is happening? What? <laughs> and I, it's almost like and it's so annoying that these relationships always become romantic like i know that the terminator like comes from you know james cam james cameron's heart of hearts like i know that he's a very you know he's a very yeah. soft boy on the inside and he really thinks that the love story in the terminator is very touching but it's all actually just like really weird just like this is. oh for sure and like i do like i do enjoy that there's points in this like after and like where Catherine Heigl actually kind of corrects him. Like after she finds out he's a hitman and they're making a plan, she starts making suggestions. Like she like jumps in. Like she's, <laughs> she's like, actually, why don't we do it this way? And he's like, what? <laughs> like, like she, I, I, I thought it was actually really funny how fast she just, she was still pissed at him and she still has to figure out if she wants to stay with him after finding out he's a hitman. But while they're like on the run in these chase scenes, scenes she's like fully on board giving suggestions just like okay well you know what the hell is my life she I, would be like the thing is is that i wish that he had been honest with her because i feel like if he had you know come at her with this early on then it would have been okay that's <laughs> the thing is she's so in love with him and but she's also just it's interesting because her character is supposed to love routine but there's also definitely a side of her that wants adventure and so i think mm. that and and she's a problem solver. Yeah. And so I think that she would have been like, okay, well, obviously I don't want you to be a hitman. <laughs> like, how do we figure this out? Yeah, yeah. And like, it's just like this whole and and there. But the movie tries so hard to like put her in this box. Like, you find out that she's pregnant and that she's like, uh, you can't be a dad because you're not the honest with me. Just felt so weird. Uh, and unnecessary. Like she finds out she's pregnant in the middle of like a chase scene. Like that. So stop at the grocery store to get her a pregnancy test. Oh my god, it's so and he's and he's so like childish about it. Like, do you, he calls it the pee thing. Yeah, he is so childish. I like. They also run into Usher. I don't. And oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, Usher is working at a at you know a Walgreens essentially in this movie. And like, I love how Usher has randomly been in some of the movies we cover, and he's always just like, it's always like, why is Usher here? Like, and I mean, Usher did make a rom-com called In the Mix, which we will do eventually. Absolutely. But I just, that's something that we work up to, I think. 
because <laughs> that's something that we work up to because like in the there's mi- so much that was present in that statement jordan in the mix is one of those movies that i won't even watch for fun i'm just like not i'm just like i know this is not going to be fun yeah <laughs> um yeah and so like uh there is one like a lot of the jokes in this movie don't work, but the one that really doesn't work is when Catherine Heigl's just like, you know, why couldn't you just like had a secret folder of tranny porn? Oh God, yeah, that was awful. That, yeah, that. I don't. That's not even one of those things where you're like, oh, that didn't age well. You're like, no, that that was that was bad then. It's bad that, now. That it's was a bad joke. Bad, and this is a really recent movie. So like, who the hell? Yeah, men. You see, this is and this then, is and men. There's this whole thing where like Ashton's like, wait, that you know, like whatever the neighbor's name is, like, oh, he's into that, and like it's supposed to be this moment that's like funny, and I'm just like, uh, no, uh, no, it's not funny. It's like transphobia is not funny. Um, and the other part of this movie that was like really gross is like in the end when uh basically this whole like conversation about how Catherine Heigl married married a guy that's just like her dad and like how that's supposed to be a normal thing that people do <laughs> yeah and Catherine O'Hara says that she's like oh yeah we all marry our dad and then she goes on this thing I mean I just love her <laughs> about so how like much. how sexy she's her like, dad yeah, was you know my dad's muscles were a little more rippled <laughs> and his mustache was a little bigger and I, I was like dying because it's Catherine O'Hara but also the whole that whole mini convo was just very cringe oh like yeah no it's very weird oh it's like you, you every, all women marry their dads I was like, can <laughs> we stop saying creepy shit like this that's all the time? so weird and also like like no, there's no way that that ashton kutcher could ever have the sexual energy of tom Selleck. oh no like no never way. No like way. <laughs> that's ridiculous absolutely <laughs> i mean absolutely not <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this movie is so bad. Like, Catherine Heigl, girl, sis. We're on your team. We are. On your hive. We really are. I'm so sorry that you were in the nut job, too. That Because <laughs> that was her last theatrical film, and that was 2017, the nut job, too. And that makes me really that, that sad. That hurts me. That really hurts my feelings. That hurts my feelings, too. Um... I you know I can't wait to see the long shot and talk more about how it could have easily been you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, what should what what would be our answer to this movie? Like, what 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 would we recommend instead? Uh, I mean, like, I I don't know actually. I really don't know because somebody I think somebody tweeted us and mentioned, oh yeah, you should figure out a way to talk about the Tom Cruise movie Night and Day, but. Like, I've seen Night and Day. I need to see it again because I barely remember it. But Night and Day was also, like, had a lot of issues in terms of, like... And it's, uh, Night and Day is even worse because they're not in love. Him and Cameron Diaz aren't in love. He's just tracking this one around. Yeah, so it's like, just, like, a nightmare. It's, like, everyone's uh, nightmare. Yeah, I re- that's one of those movies that everyone thought was going to be bad, but it was better than expected. So now so people think that it's like, good. Oh, actually, it's good. Yeah, no, like, I don't and no. like. I don't know. I don't know if that's what the one that I would choose. Um, I, I mean, are there any good romantic I'm, movies where there where there's like where there's spies or I'm assassins? To think. I mean, um, 
I might have to use Google for this. I know I'm actually looking at, well, first of all, I was just looking at uh, Catherine Heigl movies and that was, that made me sadder. Um, oh yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a very bleak list. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Right, but like I almost feel like we could do that on the show. Yeah, I mean it's not good, but compared to this, it's a movie. Um, um no, Three Days of the Condor is also really cringy, and um, yeah. Agent Cody Banks. Agent oh, Cody my gosh. Banks. We need to do that one. Uh, Absolutely. You know, maybe spy romance is just a bad genre. Bad. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it's all. I mean, I love that this means war came up in my search. <laughs> yeah, no, it came up in mine too. <laughs> um, um, yeah, man, like maybe we just should stop doing this. I don't know. Uh, watch, you know, watch a James Bond movie. Watch, watch, um, the, the, watch the Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, that's that's good. That's yeah, good. the Spy Who Loved Me. Good. The spy Who Loved Me. And it's got a it's got a great. Um, Bond theme sung by the classic, the eternal Carly Simon. Yes. I yeah, that's 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 a banger. That's that's good. That's a good that's a good answer to this. <laughs> no, you guys should not watch this. Last week we said yes, go from MTV's Wuthering Heights, smoke a little weed, have some fun. You will not. This one just will make you sad for. Catherine Heigl's Catherine career. Heigl. And, and you'll also just feel like you were ripped off because Tom Selleck is in here and we don't see him shirtless. And Catherine O'Hara is in here and, and we only get a little of her. You know? Yeah. No, we get a whole lot of Ashton Kutcher's face. It's whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> and his face is fine. Yeah. And he's wearing a bowl on his head. Oh, we have some good news, though. Oh, yeah. Give it. We are going to have a live show in New York. It is June 23rd at St. Mark's. Uh, the theater under St. Mark's at 7 p.m. Um, we will have uh, ticket information up soon. It's going to be $10 for tickets. Um, and we'll have a promo code so you can get discounts. We are going to be screening uh, Just Like Heaven. And then afterwards, we're going to have, you know, a podcast panel, a comedic panel. Uh, so you, you know, pay $10, see a movie. Uh, some comedy, and we can all fall in love, and there will be alcohol, of course. So, um, yeah, we will throw more details of that at you as we have them, but mark that on your calendar now. And we love you. Yeah, we do. And I love somebody tweeted and was just like, oh, man, I love I love bad romance. You know, They always remind me to be hydrated. And like we do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> because honestly, my brain feels so much better when I'm hydrated and my face looks better. <laughs> I puff yes. up like a bird otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, support our podcast. Get on the Spotify's, the Google Play's, the Apple podcast. Give us a five star rating. If you want to give us less than five stars, don't rate us. We're fine. Um, and if you know bad stuff about Tom Selleck, just don't tell us. We just can't. We, we cannot handle don't, that at this time. Please so. don't do that to us. So we will see you next week. We love you. I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye. Bye. Yeah, back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Uh, yeah, back it up, back it up.